Welcome to the Next Level Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, and with me, my co-host, John White. How are you, John? I'm good, Michael. How are you? Good. Nice and cold today. Yeah, so. well, it is winter. <laughs> today is the first official day of winter, and still no snow. Is it really? I didn't yep. even know that. Yep, ninth. I think actually 9.30 is the exact winter uh, solstice, where the sun's the lowest point in the southern hemisphere. Saw that on Interesting. Twitter. Interesting. Yep, yep. I saw they were saying that uh, in Illinois, you might not even get snow for all of December. So, yeah, that's crazy. I can't remember a time where we didn't have snow this late into winter, but it's kind of fine. It almost feels like this winter is not as bad as uh, some other typical Chicago winters. So, yeah, I'll take oh, it. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. So today we're going to review some of the week 15 NFL games along with that. We're going to go ahead, and after that is done, I got a cool uh, statistic with the four rookie quarterbacks, uh, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence that I think uh, people might want to see. That's pretty interesting. But we had an exciting week. COVID affected it. So let's see where the things go. Uh, First game up that we have is the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Los Angeles Chargers 34-28, to which was a very interesting game. I had uh, the Chiefs actually winning against the Chargers, and it was it came, came down to the wire again. Patrick Mahomes with 410 yards, three touchdowns, insane. So, John, what do you think about this game? It was a crazy game. Um, you know, that was one of those where the Chargers had the lead for most of the game, and they had two red zone opportunities that they came away with no points. Uh, now, one of them, they did get uh, a turnover pretty much immediately after, and then they did go down and score. But, um, you know, that was that was a fun, insane game. Um, fun one in overtime. But, you know, if you're the Chargers, you've got to look at that one like you've let that one get away. Um, and, you know, the Chargers played great for most of that game. Um, they just let the Chiefs hang in there. And when you got a guy like Mahomes um, and Travis Kelsey, like those guys, if they're within a score or two, they're, they're always going to be dangerous. Um but yeah, but it was an exciting game. It was a great one to start off the week. Um, you know, I think obviously the uh, the most shocking part of that game was uh, the tight end Pelham getting knocked out, and a lot of people were worried about him because um, he he was completely out, and people saw his his hands were kind of shaking as he was carted off, and people were concerned about that. But um, one thing about head, head injuries like that, sometimes things like that can happen just because it's like the, the brain is. It's like a computer being turned off and then turned back on. So it's just kind of the neurological things can can uh, do some weird stuff like that. But good thing is he's he's okay from all the reports, um, you know. So, but yeah, that was a fun one. That um, you know now the Chargers are in a rough spot too because if they win that game, they're tied tied with the Chiefs right in position to win the division. Um, now they're a game back and they're basically looking at the schedule. They're gonna have to try to get in with the wild card and and the AFC is stacked. So, um, you know, you have to say they're, they're almost on the outside looking in at this point. So yeah, fun one though. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that was a great game. Absolutely. So our next game that we have is the Indianapolis Colts beating the Patriots 27 to 17, relying on Jonathan Taylor, which was shocking because I thought the Patriots would take Jonathan Taylor away. Um, but they did kind of shut down Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz literally only had 12 attempts. So 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 29 attempts for 170 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it's a good game. Really good game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the big takeaway there was, you know, the the Patriots went down early, 14 to nothing. I think um, the Colts blocked a kick, blocked a punt, um, and scored a touchdown. And, you know, that was that was a weird game because it was very un, un-Patriot-like, I'll call it. Um, usually Belichick coach teams don't get in those situations where they're down early um, that quickly because, you know, if you look at the game, it's 27-17. They stay with them and they kind of hang with them for the remaining three quarters, but um, allowing those early points, you know, and to your point with uh, not shutting down Jonathan Taylor, usually Belichick coach teams always take away their best player, like you said, and that game they didn't. And it's weird, you know, it's it's kind of hard to understand what the identity of the Colts are. Are they a good team? Because sometimes they look really bad, right? And they're, they don't look competitive. Then other times it feels like they can beat any team in the league. Like the Patriots were had ripped off, well, I think it was five straight wins. Um, you know, even though it was at Indianapolis, I think a lot of people still had the Pats favorite. At uh, right before game time, I actually switched switched my pick to the uh, the Patriots. You know, just knowing like, man, they're so hot. But um, yeah, it was a great win for the Colts. Uh, Mac Jones did throw two interceptions. Um, you know, which I think that's just a product of them being you know, playing from behind. Um, he's played good and his stats have been solid, but for the most part, you know, in their win streak, they've uh, they played with the lead. And as a rookie quarterback, it's a hell of a lot easier to uh, play with a lead than when you're trying to come back and you're trying to force it in there. So, um, but, you know, good win for the Colts. I still think the uh, Patriots are, are the top contender in the AFC, but um, I think the Colts, you know, they're not a shoe-in to get in. It's going to be a dogfight to get a wild card, but um, yeah, should be fun. I would not count the Colts out. No, you can't. You can't. All right. So our next game, we've got the Buffalo Bills defeating the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton at the helm. 31 to 14. No Christian McCaffrey. Lots of injuries, but it looks like Cam tried to do everything he could. Uh, A rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, plus led the team in rushing. But Josh Allen, three touchdowns, one interception. Gabriel Davis with two of those touchdowns. Great game. Yeah, that was one of those the Bills just dominated from start to finish. Um, how many uh, did, did Cam Newton have any interceptions in that game? He had only one. one. I thought he had okay. more. Yeah, well, you know, he's without Christian McCaffrey. I feel like, you know, whoever they would put back there at quarterback would would struggle. I feel like that guy's such a difference maker. And without him, you know, it's really rough. But, you know, you, you do kind of wonder, you know, what's the uh, future for the Panthers here? Because, you know, they had Darnold. He he got hurt. They bring in Cam Newton. Um, you know, they don't have a, a real solid rookie, you know, that they're developing or anything like that. So maybe they look in the draft to bring someone new. And I think as much as Cam Newton's trying, I, I think, you know, from an eye test standpoint, I think he's passed what, what he was able to do in the past. So, um, you know, still, still trying, you can tell he's still working hard, but, uh, I think, um, the Panthers have a long way to go before they're going to be contenders and Josh Allen, man, that guy's a stud. I mean, even I'm really impressed with how well he runs. You know, he's such a big guy. You wouldn't think he'd be that fast, but he can tuck the ball away and run down 30 yards like it's nothing. And, um, you know, guy's arm is as strong as anybody. So, you know, Bills are still a dangerous team. I think a lot of people uh, 
expected just the Bills and the Chiefs to be the top two runaway teams in the AFC. Um, Chiefs are sort of rising to the top, if you will, and I think the uh, Bills here at the end will will do the same. So I still think those are the two top teams, and um, yeah, Bills are still an incredible team. Defense is playing well at the right time, um, so it'll be fun to watch them down the stretch. But yeah, Bills controlled that one. Not much else to say on it. See, I think uh, Panthers will be a contender as long as they get a quarterback next year. Not this year. They're out this year. Sure. But they need Christian McCaffrey healthy. They got good receivers. Their defense is young and really good. And I think as soon as they get it, they they might even go after one of these veteran quarterbacks. Hmm. What do you – so, yeah, let me ask you. So, if you're the Panthers, what do you think the move is in the offseason? Do you try to – I mean, which veterans do you think you could get versus what rookie quarterbacks – are there available? I think the the top prospect is the um, the kid from Georgia, right? The quarterback is that yep. is that the top one? And Penn State, I think, has one. I okay, can, I think it's Penn State or South Carolina, one of them. Okay, well, it's not like years past where you you know you have the household names like last year. You know, you didn't even have to follow college football that well to know uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, like these guys were household names. Um, so yeah, it's kind of tough for the Panthers because they really need to bring in a quarterback. Like you're talking, they, they are really, I mean, look at when Sam Darnold's playing good enough, they were contenders. Um, but who's going to be that guy? Can they get someone like Russell Wilson? You think I Russell Wilson, I don't think had hit, had them listed on the teams that he wants to go to. Okay. Um, but there's Bryce Young who won the uh, he he won the Heisman. Oh, that's right, Alabama. Okay, but I don't know if he's how old he is. Like if he's a junior, if he's eligible. Well, as long um, as he's a redshirt sophomore, he should be eligible. But is he declared or not? Do you know? Um, I I don't even know. Okay, yeah. I I mean college football. I mean he's Alabama's quarterback. So. Yeah. Let's find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, we'll probably get into that one on the next podcast. Maybe yeah. let's look into some rookie quarterbacks sure. and yeah, coming in because I know I know it's a a big uh, defensive draft class coming in. Okay, and the Jaguars just solidified the number one pick again. Is what <laughs> yeah, I heard. they did. Well, we'll get to that hearing, one later. So. Yep. Um, so our next game, guys, we've got the Green Bay Packers beating the Baltimore Ravens 31 to 30 on a nail biter. I totally thought Packers were going to run away with this one. But man, Tyler Huntley, I think, is going to start somewhere eventually. 215 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, um, 73 rushing with two touchdowns. The man literally carried the Ravens on his back. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. You, you can't leave them with any time on the clock. 268 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, well, you mentioned that uh, you thought the Packers are going to run away with it. Um, watching the Packers for as long as I, I have, I knew that this was going to be one of those games. I could just feel it, that they were going to let the Ravens hang around. It was a perfect scenario. They dominate for 50 minutes, and then, you know, they just – it's almost, you know, sometimes I feel like, and luckily the Packers got away at the end with the uh, Ravens in position to tie it. They decided to go for a two-point conversion, um, which, you know, I got no problem with. I like going for the win. And two, you know, it was another scenario. If they kick a field goal to tie it or kick an extra point, you still, you're giving Aaron Rodgers 41 seconds on the clock. And I almost feel like sometimes it's like, does the defense, does the Packers defense go, yeah, let's put Aaron Rodgers in another position to try to win in the last 40 seconds. I, it's kind of bizarre because 
it's frustrating. You see them, they're up by two scores. They're pulling away, right? All they need to do is lock down on defense a little bit. Um, you know, even Aaron Rodgers had a hand in that. They go three and out um, once they got the ball back after the Ravens scored, uh, I think it was to come within seven points once they got, it was 31-24. Packers get the ball back, you know, three and out, give the ball right back to the Ravens. And to your point, Tyler Huntley, man, guy puts the team on his back uh, and he looks good. Doesn't turn the ball over, making yeah. smart decisions. Um, you know, he can make all the throws and he can scramble and he doesn't run, you know, when it's not there, he just, if there's a hole there, he'll run, he'll, he'll take whatever the defense gives him. Um, and you know, this is two weeks in a row that he has, you know, basically led comebacks to put his team in a position to win the game. And even that two point conversion, you know, that was a pretty good throw. Um, Savage just got his fingertips on the ball. Um, had that not happened, I don't think Stokes was quite in position to, to fight Andrews to, uh, to stop it. Um, so yeah, I mean, Huntley looks really good, man. You know, even too, Lamar Jackson hasn't played great this year. You know, obviously with Lamar, you have, um, you know, that electric ability that he can just make a 60 yard run out of nothing, you know, throw it all over, but also he's been turning the ball a lot over this year. So, you know, you kind of wonder if he's not a hundred percent healthy, the Ravens here are in the hunt for the wild card and even the division still. Um, you know, do they run with, do you think they stick with Huntley? Uh, no, I think Lamar Jackson takes over. Okay. And if they bring him back from injury, he's playing. Yeah, man, it's just tough though, too, with, you know, with a leg injury with a guy like that, if he's not as mobile as he normally is, you know, it's, it's, uh, he can't play his normal style. So that'd be interesting, but I think if they weren't in contention, they would. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. It'd be interesting, but I think you're right. I think Tyler Huntley is a heck of a quarterback. And, uh, certainly if I'm, Hey, what about a team like the Panthers, right? You see a guy like that. Maybe that's somebody you pursue, right? Yeah. Interesting. I think he'd be a good fit there, but yeah. So the next game, Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Tennessee Titans 19 to 13. This one kind of shocked me, but also kind of didn't because there's like no weapons left for the Titans, really. Um, but you have Tannehill with 153 yards and an interception, but a rushing touchdown, which is not like him. Um, and then Big Ben, no touchdowns thrown. And yeah, that was a weird win. He has a rushing touchdown. It was a really weird win, but a typical Big Ben win. He plays, it's like he plays terrible for 55 minutes. He, I mean, it was similar with the um, the Vikings game a, a week, couple weeks ago, right? They got dominated, but then, you know, he kind of puts them in a position and they, you know, are either in contention to win the game or like this one, they win the game at the end. Um, and yeah, the, the Titans were up 13-3, to three, basically through three quarters into the fourth quarter, Um and I think they gave up a turnover that put the Steelers in the red zone. Um, then the Steelers got within three, I think. And then, um, yeah, they just they continued to put some field goals on the board. And to your point, Titans, you know, they, they try. And they even, too, they're playing pretty solid defense. But they, they just can't score without Derrick Henry. Um, you know, and then, too, they had Julio Jones come back. And then he left the game again with a hamstring injury. So, unfortunately, it's kind of the same story with, with that. But, um, yeah, Titans are in trouble, man. I mean, they, if if they can't have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown healthy and no Derrick Henry, I mean, it's like 
who can they score against, right? I mean, the Steelers yeah. don't have a top-tier defense, um, but they easily kept them to only 13 points. So um, that's a really tough spot. And the Titans got, uh, you know, the Colts chomping on on them too to, to try to win that division. So um, I think we could very easily, very easily see the Titans fall out of contention for the playoffs here at the end. So, yeah, yeah. interesting. For sure. It, it, it'll be a good race. So our next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys divisional matchup against the Giants winning 21 to six. The Cowboys literally, I, I would say deck decent 217 yards, one touchdown, no picks, but they, they laid um, pretty much used the two headed running back system with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott to get 126 yards on the ground um, with Elliott getting a touchdown. And I think that's kind of where the denominator was, is they were able to move the ball on the ground. Barkley had a nice run though, a nice long one. Um, but Barkley just hasn't been back to his form of what he was when he, his first couple of years before he got hurt. Yeah. But that, then you start Jake Fromm. everyone's going crazy right now, collecting his cards. They, they all want it. So what do you think, John? You know, I, I think, uh, well, my I think my anti-Cowboys bias is going to come out here. But, you know, people are, hey, it's a, it looks like a great win. But don't you think with a, a Giants team that's in a rebuild position and their Jake Fromm is their third string quarterback, shouldn't the Cowboys blow him out? You know, 21 to 6. And I think it was 14 to 6 for much of that game. Um, you know, and you mentioned they've got Pollard and, and Zeke who are very, very good, talented running backs. And, you know, against the Giants, I feel like they should be putting up a combined 200 yards, not just 120. You know, I don't, I, I can't even remember. A, I don't think Zeke has had a hundred yard game um, since early on in the season. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I think the Cowboys have a ton of talent, but you know, you just look for games like this where you'd think they could really put the, you know, throttle to the, to the mat, if you will. Um, and, you know, they just kind of don't. CD lamb had a, you know, really uh, ugly drop, you know, I think it was midway through the third quarter, probably would have gone for 40 or 50 yards, um, you know, but they've got tremendous talent. So, you know, it'd be interesting. I think they're still obviously a dangerous team. And, you know, if they do figure it out and they start clicking on all cylinders, they can beat anybody. So it'd be interesting. So as far as Zeke, week four, he had 143 yards rushing. Week five, 110. But since week five, it's all been like 69 right. yards or less on the ground, which is very, very bad. How many uh, carries is he getting um, per game? That's the other thing. I mean, he's averaging, I'd say, about 12 carries a game. Man, so that's very little, too. Don't you got to feed him more, right? You got to give that guy yeah. 20 carries. You got to, I mean, for running back, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, and that was. Cowboys haven't learned this yet, but in my opinion, that's what kind of coach Mike McCarthy is, right? Um, you know, if you go into a game with a good game plan that you trust and it doesn't work right away, that doesn't mean that you just go away from it. But that's what McCarthy does. As soon as, and he, he does not like relying on the run game. It happened so many times in Green Bay that, you know, be a little bit of a struggle and then all of a sudden just, okay, we're going to throw it only mode. But with Zeke, you know, he's only getting started after 12 carries, right? I feel like... You know, yeah, sure, 12 carries for 60 yards doesn't look great, but if you keep feeding him, you know, he's going to start ripping off four or five, six-yard gains. He's going to wear the defense down. So, and I know they've got the two-headed monster kind of with Pollard, but, you know, 
Tony Pollard ain't Ezekiel Elliott, right? I just feel like I feel like they take him off the field too much, right? Yep. Uh, running backs need to get in their rhythm. Yeah, and two, you know, you've seen it with. Uh, I think there's the old mentality that you know your kind of main running back isn't going to be your passing down back, but um, you know, Derrick Henry, he's become a good guy in the flat. AJ Dillon can make all the catches. Like I feel like if Zeke's presented with the opportunity, he can be that guy too. And I feel like you know he's one of the most talented guys in the league at any position. Um, and you got to get the ball in his hands, right? Yep. He's shown he could be that guy yeah, in the past. A hundred percent. I just think that's it's, what they drafted him for. Yeah. And I think it's just, you know, Mike McCarthy being Mike McCarthy. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see too, what uh, the giants do for a quarterback. That's another, right. Don't, is the Daniel, Daniel Jones thing done? Is he, is he out? I think they keep him. He hasn't, has he impressed anybody? I mean, I think the first year that he took over from Eli was probably his best year, right? I feel like their receivers have a lot of drops. That's true. And they don't have, who's their top receiver? Sterling Shepard? Galladay. Galladay. And he's solid, but, you know, he's no Mark Cooper, CD Lamb, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I I don't think of Jake Fromm as the, uh, the future of the, New York football giants, but could be wrong. I mean, he might start somewhere next year if he, if he uh, starts his next game, but we'll find out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and um, you know what, frankly, this is the, a perfect opportunity for a guy like that to even heck earn a starting job for the giants. If he looks good. Right. Um, yep. Or audition for other teams, Panthers, some of the other teams that we talked about that need quarterbacks. So will be interesting. So our next game, the Miami dolphins, my Tua train, Versus the New York Jets in a divisional matchup, 31 to 24. Miami takes the W. Zach Wilson's back looking good. I mean, no picks, um, no touchdowns either, but he has a rushing touchdown. My bad. Um, and then you've got Tua, who was two touchdowns, two picks, but feeding the ball to their running back, Duke Johnson. Hmm. He hasn't been heard of in a bit. Yeah, twenty-two carries, one hundred and seven yards, and wow. two touchdowns. Wow! And he's a he used to be considered a receiving back. So yeah, right, right. Well, there you go. I feel like the best backs can both be great at receiving and running. So heck of a game for them. And two, I was thinking about this. So a few weeks ago, you picked Tua to be your breakout player, and I was pretty harsh on the guy. And since that time, I'm trying to think what's his record since you basically called out that he was going to he was going to start living up to some of his potential. I'm not sure. I think the Dolphins were six straight. I could be wrong. Let's see. It's... All right. So, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six straight. So they've won six straight. So mm-hmm. since, you know, I got to give it to you, Mike, since you um, called him out on the podcast, they've ripped off six straight. And frankly, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. He looks fantastic. Even, you know, the two interceptions, sure, you kind of wish that wouldn't happen. Um, But it was a tight game, and he had to make some plays happen. And at the end, you're starting to feel like um, Dolphins have had a couple close ones at the end. You feel like two is that guy that's going to – he's going to win you the game. And sure enough, he did here. They were tied late. He went ahead and uh, put the go-ahead score up. And, um, yeah, Dolphins are right in the mix, man. It's crazy. I – when you made that prediction, I, you know, I thought maybe Tua could have some good games, but I, I didn't think they'd be in a position where they're, they're right in contention to, to possibly make the playoffs here. So, 
Yeah. Yep. Impressive. I by mean, them. people forget it's pretty much his rookie year this year for the most part. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, you made the uh, statistical comparison to Peyton Manning. So it'd be interesting. Maybe once we get some more games, we could revisit that, um, you know, and see how that's stacking up. Because the way his trajectory is now, he's, he's looking pretty good. Um, and Peyton really turned around in after his first 17 games kind of was his sophomore season, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dolphins look good. Jets, I think, uh, impressed people too, though, right? I think the Dolphins were favored by almost 10 points, I want to say. And Jets were right in contention to win that game. So I think uh, with with Robert Sala, I think the Jets will figure it out. I think Zach Wilson does have potential. Um you know, I don't think they'll be great anytime soon, but who knows? Maybe next year they win seven, eight games, start turning around. Um, you see some good things from their defense. They can turn the ball over, and uh, we know what uh, what Sal is capable as a, a defensive mind. So, yeah, that was a fun one for sure. Oh, yeah. Our next game, Jacksonville Jaguars losing to the Houston Texans 32-16, solidifying the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one overall pick again. Um Davis Mills outplayed Trevor Lawrence in my eyes. 209 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. And then you've got T-Law with 210 yards, no picks, no touchdowns. Yeah, I think uh, I might have to admit that you're right about Lawrence. Because I thought, I, I you know, obviously the big news with, with this game in my mind is the news that Urban Meyer was, was fired. And we were talking about it uh, last week that Urban Meyer appeared to be doing things that only a person who's trying to lose their job would do. Um, you know, so it was it was almost it was frankly long overdue. You know, you can look back and say, probably after the little bar incident, right? They probably should have let parted ways with him. Um and you know, even things like that, I don't think it was the whole video thing that really um makes you really question everything. It's the fact that they lost and he stayed in town while his team flew home. You know, you're you're the head coach. You're supposed to be the leader of that team, and you're going to stay back at your steakhouse and, um, you know, and also get into trouble. That didn't help things. And then the big thing that came out, and this was really the uh, nail in the coffin for Urban Meyer, was Josh Lambeau, the uh, kicker that they released earlier this year, was, I mean, I think it was really interesting. It was like a 60 minutes, really dramatic type interview. Um, and he no doubt em- embellished it because, you know, the headline was Urban Meyer kicks, you know, Josh yep. Lambeau. And so he described the situation and, and I know what happened. Josh Lambeau was struggling to make kicks and it's inexcusable. I think what Urban Meyer did, but um, he probably nudged him in his arm with his foot. Right. And something he can get away with in the college ranks. And I, and I know, you know, in a situation like that, Urban Meyer probably meant it to, you know, motivate him and, and hopefully, you know, kind of give him a kick in the pants, but Lambeau didn't take it the right way and said, don't you ever kick me again. And then from there, some, you know, there's a few instances where they had some more words and then then they end up releasing Lambo. Um, and then he ends up on this Tampa Bay local news show uh, or maybe it was Jacksonville local news show. But it's like the 60 minutes interview and it's very dramatic. And once that came out, you know, I think it was probably the same day or the next day that um, the uh, Jaguars released a statement saying that they had parted ways with him. So, um, you know, I or Lambo, you mean? Uh, no, once the once the Lambo video came out. Because they, they released it like on local television news, like at night, like a primetime spot, like a 60 Minutes interview. Um, I think it was the next morning that Urban Meyer was fired in light of that. And then it was all over, 
you know, all sports media, um, all over the headlines. But um, frankly, they didn't, if it wasn't going to be that, it was going to be something else. You know, you could tell he had lost that locker room. Um, even the, uh, the, the line, I think, before Urban Meyer was announced that it, he was fired, the line, I think, was Texans favored by eight. Immediately, it dropped down to five and a half. Because a lot of, and I, you know, frankly, you understand it. It felt like, would the uh, would the Jaguars want, if they win a game, that helps keep the coach there, as we saw with the Bears and Matt Nagy, right? So, yep. you know, I, I kind of somewhat expected maybe the Jags to play better. But, um, you know, to your point, maybe it's, maybe Trevor Lawrence just isn't going to be the guy, you know? And he doesn't look really excited right he doesn't look like he really wants it you know you see in contrast a guy like justin fields you know he's not necessarily having great success yet but the guy's trying right and he's putting him in position to you know to come back and and stay in these games and with lawrence you're like man he's doing more harm than good what are what are his statistics this year he's got more interceptions than touchdowns right yeah we'll cover that okay at the end. Be interested to um, see that but yeah. Sorry. Next game. Detroit Lions 30 to the Arizona Cardinals 12. So are the Lions as bad as we thought they were? That's that'd be a question that I have. Kyler Murray, 257 yards, one touchdown, one pick, barely any rushing yards. Um, and then you've got Jared Goff, three touchdowns, no picks, 216 yards. Craig Reynolds. Mm. Craig is back. Craig is back. 26 attempts for 112 yards. He might be the uh, greatest running back with the first name Craig. Can you think of anybody else? Nope. I can't think of another NFL running back with the first name Craig. Maybe there is. If there's any listeners out there, if you can find that, I'm sure you can Google it. But uh, I think, and he was a practice squad guy, right? That he got pulled up and he looked good last week that they end up losing, but, um, you know, they were without a bunch of guys and they still kind of kept it a competitive game against the Broncos. But to your, to your question does, you know, are the lions actually maybe a good team? I think maybe this is more of a question of, are the Cardinals actually a bad team now? Right. I mean, without Deandre Hopkins, without D hop. And ever since that, um, Murray's injury, and I don't exactly remember what play Murray got injured on, but it was against the Packers. Right. And they were undefeated before that game. He gets the ankle injury. Um, he's out for several weeks. Uh, McCoy came in and, and won him some games, but especially here lately with Murray, he hasn't pulled it out and he just doesn't look the same, you know, and, and understandably so with an ankle injury, I think who knows what it is because they don't have to, I don't know exactly what the NFL rules are for injury, like specifics, like for instance, Aaron Rodgers' toe is injured and we only know it's broken because he did the stunt where he pulled it out on the uh, Zoom interview, but um, I don't think they have to disclose exactly what it is. So my question is, what exactly is that injury for Kyler Murray? Is it you know, is it a slight fracture? Is it a ligament tear? Um, and he's playing through it. Yeah, well, he's because they need him, but he doesn't look the same. He's not, he's still mobile and he still is an incredible talent. But, you know, you mentioned how many rushing yards did he have? Uh, I th- think it was four. Four rushing yards? I believe so. Wow. I can't recall a time where Kyler Murray had less than at least 50. Yeah. You know, he was an MVP uh, favorite before he got hurt, you know? So. Definitely. I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting. But yeah, I I think uh, kudos to the Lions, though, too. And with uh, Dan Campbell, I mean, 
I, I, I've come to really appreciate that guy uh, because, you know, he was brought in sort of, he's in a no-win situation, right? Because the, the Lions realistically, it's, they were like how the Browns were probably, what was it, five years ago where they just kind of clean slate everything. They traded Stafford. Goff played well, of course, but I'm sure that's not their thought as a long-term scenario. And they don't have... I mean, they got practice squad guys, you know, making up their roster, but they're they're playing hard, and he has them motivated, um, you know. And you wonder maybe if the Lions can get a couple pieces around Goff and start, you know, playing well on defense and getting some confidence. Maybe in the next couple of years they can be uh, contenders, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kudos to the Lions, man. That was cool. To, that was fun to watch. So our next game, San Francisco 49ers beating the Falcons thirty-one to thirteen. I think. Everybody pretty much knew uh, 49ers would come away with this one. Matt Ryan, 236 yards, one touchdown, no picks. They barely had any rushing yards with their running backs. Jimmy G, 235 yards with one touchdown, no picks. Um, And he did that off 10 less attempts than Matt Ryan. Mm. And then 110 yards from Jeff Wilson running the ball and a touchdown. Yeah, you know, I think this is, again, what what were uh, George Kittle's stats? Let's see, Mr. Kittle. Where are you? Um, George Kittle, uh, six targets, six receptions, 93 yards, no touchdowns. So not a great game, but, you know, those are still solid numbers. And you feel like Kittle catches at least six to ten balls a game, and it feels like Jimmy G only throws it about 20 times a game. So, you know, I've said it before. I still feel this way. With George Kittle, Jimmy G can win you any game without him. You know, I think he's a relatively average quarterback, but yeah, 49ers, you know, won a game that they should have. So, you know, maybe don't get too excited about it. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the Falcons coming into this game, it was kind of a what must win game for them. Um, now they're they're really on the outside looking in for this wild card slot. Um, Matt Ryan doing all that he can. But to your point, you know, they don't have anything going in the rushing department. Um, Cordell, Cordell Patterson is obviously trying to carry that load, but. You know, I was watching uh, a few few of the plays. I didn't watch the whole game, but uh, Cordell Patterson just doesn't. Uh, he's a heck of an athlete, but he just you know attacks every hole. He doesn't. He doesn't have that natural kind of running back patience. Um, and the Falcons have no defense to speak of, so they've basically got a wing and a prayer, and hopefully Matty Ice can keep him close. But um, yeah, they're they're trying, but 49ers just too much horsepower. So, well, and Calvin really did not help them out this year so i mean does matt ryan just retire well you know what if i'm matt ryan i look at matt stafford right i if i'm him and i think matt ryan and stafford are are similar don't you think you know they've in at least in matt ryan's case he had a team around him that he was able to lead to the super bowl they didn't win it obviously they should have they should have won he did everything on his side that he could and then, yeah, that was a series of unfortunate events that they let the Patriots come back and win. Um, but yeah, if you're Matt Ryan, man, you're towards the end of your career. Obviously, um, he's had a he's had a very very good career. He's I don't think ever been really considered you know a top three elite guy, but he's always been top five, top ten statistically. Um, he's I think he's good enough to you know let's say a guy like that gets on um, even a team like the Panthers, right? If the Panthers have a guy like Matt Ryan. I feel like yep. they're, they're pretty competitive. Um, you know, some of the other teams that are maybe just a quarterback away from being competitive, 
heck, even the Texans, you know, I know Mills is maybe who they're going to ride in the future, but, um, you know, when Deshaun Watson was healthy, that was a playoff contender, right? Yep. I don't want to say healthy, but whatever that situation is, I, I don't know. I, if he just flat out doesn't want to play with him, but, um, our next game, Cincinnati Bengals beating the Broncos 15 to 10, which I had that as my pick for this week. Uh, Joe Burrow, 157 yards, one touchdown, no picks, used his feet a bit. Um, but the takeaway, Tyler Boyd, 96 yards with one touchdown. And I think that led both teams. Uh, yeah. Titty Bridgewater hurt, like you mentioned earlier. Drew Locke came in. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, really scary. Uh, he was carted off and then uh, was taken to the hospital for for a head injury. All the reports are that he's um, he's going to be okay. But um, you know, once once he went down, the uh, the Bengals had basically uh, I think that that fifteen to ten lead for most of the fourth quarter, um, and the Broncos just never were in a position to really really make a game of it at the end. Um, you know, but really, this is you do kind of scratch your head with the Joe Burrow performance, um, less than 200 yards, not great, but, uh, Broncos have a very solid defense, even, even without Von Miller. Um, but yeah, but the Bengals still found a way to win. Um, and it's going to be a real nail biter between them and the Ravens for that uh, division title. So, um, yeah. All right. The next game, Tom Brady suffering his first shutout. Was it his first? Uh, in 15 years. First in 15 years. Okay. So, yeah, he's been playing like 20. So, um, New Orleans Saints, nine bucks, zero. Big old goose egg. And not only that, Tom Brady lost one of his favorite targets, which you'll cover later. Um, Taysom Hill, 154 yards, no touchdowns, 33 rushing with zero touchdowns. Tom Brady, 214 yards with a pick with 48 attempts. And rushing Ronald Jones was the better back for this one, 63 yards. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, uh, you have to say that the Saints defense have Tom Brady figured out. Um, I think they for sure blew him out in their first meeting last year. It was first or second meeting. I think the Buccaneers won. I think they split one and one last year. But Saints are 3-1 and one against Tom Brady where, you know, pretty much we've seen the Buccaneers and Tom Brady have beat every team except the Saints um and you know you just look at it, it was similar they run saints run kind of that two shell defense um and they move guys around uh very well immediately after the snap so they they hide their coverages really well um you know they're a team that it looks like they're in a conservative zone you know defense and then all of a sudden they bring pressure out of nowhere right um and they just they really confused tom brady in that game and he had no answers and then two you know he i to me, you know, Tom Brady, hey, you got to give the guys too, right? You know, the, he's got the rings to speak for. He's a great quarterback. Um, but one thing, my one criticism I have of him is he tends to sort of put his receivers in harm's way. Um, you know, and you saw that with the Godwin injury. You know, that was a third and seven. They weren't, uh, I think it was still, it was either late first half or early second half. So it was a 6-0 game. Um, no, no reason to be in desperation mode. And Brady just slung it in there. It was only a five-yard throw or so, but he put it right over the middle. And Godwin just, you know, was was vulnerable. And sure enough, the guy had to go to his knees. And and we know with the NFL rules, you can't hit up high, so they're forced to do that. Um, and it's well within the rules. And you know, it, 
I've heard great quarterbacks talk about it, how it's important. You know, Peyton Manning has talked about it, Aaron Rodgers, about how it's up to the quarterback to protect their receiver. And, you know, look at look at Rob Gronkowski's injury history with his knees and his legs, right? You know, how many highlights have you seen where Gronk's going over the middle, making a spectacular catch, and then just getting destroyed, right? Um, sure, you know, they convert on, on that play, but you just... You just look at the the consequences of it now. You know now Brady and the Buccaneers are with without Godwin with a torn ACL because of that. Um, you know even a little bit later in that game he put one up to Mike Evans that laid him out to dry and Mike Evans came down hard, ended up being okay, but it was just one of those you know you're not going to get away with a lot of those. And you know Chris Godwin has been Tom Brady's uh, his security blanket. You know Tom Brady's always had that Wes Welker guy, that Amendola guy. Um, who's sort of just his guy that he relies on. Um, and now he doesn't have him. So yeah. I know AB's coming back, but, you know, AB's success came when you had a guy like Godwin eating up a lot of that coverage. So um, Still has Gronk that they got to talk about Mike Evans. You still have all the weapons, but, you know, I don't know. I just think, I, I think it's going to be a real struggle. I mean, Godwin this year for Brady was his was his guy, and you can look back routinely in Brady's career. In order for him to to be really successful, he always has to have that one guy, and it's been Grock in the past, but he's not young and healthy enough to be that anymore. Um, maybe AB can come in and, and do that, but you know, you feel like AB has been more of that uh, light him up guy and go deep. You know, can he be that Godwin guy that? Um, plays in the slot and just can get open and uh, kind of do the dirty work. But, yeah, it's, that's a big loss for them. And uh, also Tom Brady destroyed the uh, Microsoft Surface tablet that was going around. That was a fun meme. Um, so he was pretty fu- frustrated. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the Buccaneers are still, you know, they're still the top one. Or between them and the Packers, those are the top two teams in the NFC. Um, you know, Saints, man, I just – I understand they win this game. They look good, but, you know, they can't score a touchdown. I think with Jameis Winston, they would have been a team that, you know, was a, a contender. But without without him, Taysom Hill, he just great athlete. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, I don't. wouldn't you agree? I, I don't think he has it. No, I think he's garbage. And I yeah. think the key to beating Brady is bringing pressure. The Saints had four sacks. Well, yeah. Four sacks. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that's the thing. Brady ain't. There was, uh, I think, last week he had a couple runs against the Bills that were, you know, impressive. But you know, he doesn't do a very good job of scrambling backwards. So you know, that seems to be. It'll be interesting to see how some of these other teams, including teams like the Packers, take a look and study the Saints' defensive schemes and try to replicate that. Because I mean, that's routinely the Saints have done that to Brady. They just they shut him down. He's got no answer for it. And it's like each time they play him, you th- I really thought this game, okay, this will be the game that Brady finally figures out this this team that's had his number, especially because they don't have a quarterback that can, you know, really put up points. You know, he only had to put up 14, 10 points for them to win, and he puts up zero. So yeah, be interesting. And and now the uh, MVP race is going to be a tight one between him and Rodgers. He was kind of running away with it. Um, what about Jonathan Taylor? You know, they're not going to give it to a running back. I agree. Right. I mean, you really look at it. Jonathan Taylor is without Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the Colts are probably a two or three win team, right? Heck, they won. Carson Wentz had what? 60 yards passing against the Patriots. Yep. You know, they won because of Jonathan Taylor again. And 
So my opinion, it would be deserved to go to someone like Jonathan Taylor. He's a UW Madison guy, bat, former Badger. So I known known a lot about him. He's a special athlete. Um, but you, you know, know who is the last non-running back to win MVP? Or the non Adrian Peterson, right? Yep. Yep. Twenty twelve. Yep. But he. So what did he rush for that year? Did he break the two se- two thousand ninety seven yards? But the thing is, he didn't want to break Eric Dickerson's record, is what people were saying. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. All right, so our next game Nick Mullins returns to a starting quarterback with losing as the Browns 14 to the Raiders 16. Nick Mullins, I mean, still looks good though 20 attempts, or sorry, 30 attempts, 147 yards, and a touchdown, no picks. Uh, Nick Chubb had a day, and then I mean, COVID defeated. I mean, both these teams, I think, uh, Carr, uh, 236 yards, one touchdown, one pick. But if you notice in that game, there's a lot of drops by the Raiders wide receivers. Carr was frustrated. I felt bad for him. Uh, but Raiders still pulled off the win. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, this was one of those two. It was obviously a reschedule. This game was supposed to happen on Saturday. Um, you know, I felt frustrated for the Raiders because, you know, with everything COVID related that's going around, um, and obviously too with the waning efficacy of these vaccines and stuff, you know everybody's kind of vulnerable to getting it. And you know, to me, these guys are professionals, and it's sort of it's on the responsibility of the players not to get sick, right? Um, you know, I'm not saying that anybody did anything wrong. Not necessarily that they should get punished, but you know if the end of the day if you have a game slated for saturday and you have guys that can't play for because of covid right i mean that's sort of why is why should the raiders have to deal with the consequences of their opponent not having the guys ready to go and you know it still it's not like it'd be different you know obviously with the nfl being the show that it is okay by delaying it you know if baker mayfield could play but that wasn't the case. They made the remember they made the Broncos. I think this was, I think it was last year where they had their basically half their team, all their quarterbacks were out with COVID, and they had to have a receiver start at, at quarterback. You know, so I guess I just don't quite understand. You know, last year why did you, um, you know, basically hold teams accountable, right, and say hey you're going to have to play with who you can bring versus this year where it's like. At first, and they didn't even make any announcements until it was like the day before, right? You know, all of a sudden there's a bunch of flack on social media and then they change it. You know, to me, it's just like, why do the Raiders have to suffer the consequences of another team not being ready to play? But kudos to them still pulling out to win. To your point, um, I you've seen Carr frustrate a lot this year because, you know, he's played really well and he's had himself a lot of adversity losing his head coach who they were developing a really special bond. Um, but you know, he continues to grind it out and Raiders found a way. So they're still mathematically in it to, uh, possibly make the playoffs. Obviously Browns are fighting for that division still too. So, um, yeah, it was a good tight game and it's, you know, I was really interested in this. I'd like to know your thoughts, Nick Mullins, his, his stats really, kind of what Baker Mayfield has put up this year, right? I mean, they didn't really lose much there. It's kind of interesting. I felt like Nick Mullins has always been pretty good and slept on throughout his career. Um, Yeah, so he's 4,861 yards out of 17 games. Wow. 
Um, and then he's had that many he, starts over the years. Yeah, wow. twenty six touchdowns, twenty two picks. Yeah, so it's not it's not bad. Um, it's kind of interesting. I think it's an admonishment against maybe not an admonishment, but it's it makes you wonder about Baker Mayfield's potential when um, a guy like Nick Mullins comes in and and puts the Browns in a position that you know they seem to be in with Baker Mayfield week to week. Baker can never seem to pull put teams away. Um, you know, so, and they, yep. they lose some tough ones at the end, but Miles Garrett and Clowney, you know, obviously are so dominating. They can just shut down anyone. It seems, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit mixed on that. I still think, uh, that sh- that game should have been played on Saturday. Like it was planned, but I don't make yep. those decisions. All right. On to our last game that was played this week, yesterday, last night's showdown in the NFC North. My Minnesota Vikings coming out with the W 17 to nine against the Chicago bears. That last touchdown should have never happened. I don't know why we keep playing prevent defense. It's just really irritating. DJ Wanham three sacks. He led the NFL yesterday uh, with, with sacks like for the week. Sure. Um, Kirk cousins is the Kirk cousins that I've always thought he is 87 yards, two touchdowns, one pick out of 24 attempts. Wow. So they relied on Dalvin cook with 28 carries only 89 yards. But I mean, against that Bears secondary, what do you do? Justin Fields looked awesome. 26 completions, 39 attempts, 285 yards, one touchdown and 35 rushes. So there's a couple times where if it wasn't for fields, the bears would have been stopped. All the receivers were covered. Fields takes the ball, runs it, grabs the first down. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I kind of talked about Trevor Lawrence and the difference between those two. Like Fields is just he's so gritty and he wants to win, you know, with all the noise too that's going around this year, especially him being a rookie coming into this naggy situation and how the Chicago media is, how Chicago fans are, you know, it seems like week in and week out when he's on the field, man, he just tunes it out. It's like he it's he doesn't even it's as if he's not even aware of all the drama going on, right? With Trevor Lawrence, you you see it in his play, right? Like that he's kind of bored and he's not really happy with the situation. Fields, he just wants to play and he wants to win. And it doesn't matter. I mean, even, you know, last week it was against the Packers, right? They they put up a lot of points. You know, their defense was the reason, only reason why they didn't win that game. Um, you know, I, I continue to think that Fields is a special, special quarterback and he can be a very he can be an elite quarterback in this league. Um, he's fun to watch to your point. I mean, you know, those numbers are really good, especially considering, you know, man, I can't remember how many yards did he have? Um, fields 289, I believe. 289. I, when was the last time that Andy Dalton or, uh, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky put up more than 250 yards. I, I can't think of a, a, a time. So or, sorry, 285. So still, still, really good. yeah, still a lot. Um, and two, he, talk about lack of weapons you know Allen robinson was has always been the guy there but boy that guy just and i don't know maybe he's obviously frustrated because they keep throwing the franchise tag on him um you know if i'm the bears though based on his play i i don't put a franchise tag on him again next year but you know he was supposed to be their their number one and he just frankly hasn't delivered and you know outside of that they've got a couple uh like grant the um the quick wide receiver, the one that ran the uh, big punt return back uh, against the Packers. He's a stud. Yep. He's talented. So, you know, he's and in the Pro Bowl now. Is he really? Wow. Yep. You, you know, the, in. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I, I can continue to believe that they have to move on from Nagy, but, um, you know, they've got some, they still have pieces. They're not that far away from being a, a contender in my mind. I mean, their defense is stout. I mean, they say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but he's in the, what, top five in the league for passing yards, and they held him to 87, you know? I mean, that speaks yep. for itself. So um, I think they're a, they're a head coach away from being a real contender. And, you know, I want to – I'm torn on their our GM too because it's like criticize them for sticking with a guy like Nagy for this long. At the same time, they bring in – find a talent like Grant. He, he finds a talent on defense. He pulled off the trade for Mack you know, trade it up to get Justin Fields. So, um, you know, maybe that's simple, as simple as that. Maybe they just need to have a new um, head coach to come in. You know, maybe Byron Leftwich. He's the uh, Buccaneers offense coordinator currently. I think he'd be a great fit there. Um, you I know. think Minnesota takes a run at him. Well, what about Mike Zimmer? You guys are, you don't, you don't like old boys. They're Zimmer? moving on. They're yeah. moving on from Zimmer and, and possibly Spielman. I think after this season, there's no way you keep him when he's a defensive head coach. Right. Yeah. And you've lost all these games by three points where right. teams are making it up in the second half. Yeah. Like you no, yeah. get out of here. Like I Zimmer's a great guy, but you know, he's lost focus. Hmm. I, I just don't understand. Um, They just cut Breland last week. Did they really? Uh, he got, yeah, he got oh. into altercation with coaches on on uh, pat, uh, practice, but he's not even that good of a cornerback. Anyway, some of yeah. these signings that we get on defense, I'm like, why are we getting this right. guy? Yeah, he brought in Patrick Peterson, which, hey, in his heyday, yep. Patrick Peterson, no one was better. But, you know, he's 38, 39. We see old cornerbacks just aren't they, – they just aren't able to do it. Um, and you mentioned – this is this reminds me, Zimmer and the uh, – how you mentioned how the uh, Bears scored at the end of regulation, but there's and this is there's a lot of uproar about this. So the NFL changed the rules over the off season. If a team is down by in that scenario, so they're down seventeen to three with and there's four seconds left and they score a touchdown, right? In years past, um, the the Bears would have been allowed to kick an extra point. However, since there was zero seconds on the clock, it would have been the end of the game. So essentially, if you're down by more than two points and you score, if, if that score gets you not within two points, then that extra point or two-point conversion doesn't matter, right? But traditionally, teams were always allowed to go for it until they changed the rules. Normally, this wouldn't have been a big deal, but it's a big deal for two reasons. One, Mike Zimmer kind of freaked out about it in the press conference, which was weird because it's like, you know, why would you focus on being upset that the bears were able to score late and talking about, you know, all that when frankly, your team should have focused on pulling away from a team that they should dominate. Um, but also the uh, Vegas betting line was minus seven. So under normal circumstances, the bears would have kicked the extra point and the score would have been 17, 10, which would have been exactly the line, which would have, uh, meant that if you chose the Vikings with the points, you wouldn't have won. And also, too, though, if you took plus seven with the Bears, you wouldn't have won, and it would just void out your bet, and you just basically get your money back that you bet. Um, but, yeah, people were freaking out on social media last night because, you know, it, it came as a shock to everybody, you know, because in years past, they'd always kick that extra point, even if the, you know, regulation was at zero. But uh, this time with the new rules, 
ends the game and uh, had a big impact with the the betting crowd. But um, yeah, I think more so to your point, it's what are, where are the Vikings at? I mean, they're still. I still think they're going to make the playoffs this year. But um, you know, it's it's hard to understand what uh, what Zimmer's focus is and what his plan is for the future. So and yep. what'll what'll happen with Kirk Cousins? You think My Kirk, hot pick? Yeah. If, uh, if Minnesota does by chance make the playoffs uh-huh. and we play the Bucks, I think we beat them because right. if Zimmer sticks to his defense, he's known for mm-hmm. of exotic blitzes. Mm. I that's think a, they mess up the Bucks. That's a good call, actually. So let me ask you this: as a Vikings fan, let's run it through. Let's say they beat the Buccaneers and then lose the next round to say I don't know the Packers. As a as a Vikings fan, would you be satisfied with that season, and would you want Zimmer back after a situation like that? I think I think he stays then because he could also play the fact that his defense was injured. Um, but what know, about they had to cut some people? What's your what would be your opinion as a Vikings fan? You're like it's almost like you're a stakeholder of the team, right? Like, and right, I can hear it in your voice. You're frustrated with, frankly, lack of being able to dominate you know other court he should be doing that blitz scheme all over right and he's not so if he just gets him you know like he's done kind of deep into the game or two into the playoffs you know do you still move on from him as a fan do you want him gone i do okay and kirk cousins what about him you think it's time to move on from him too i he's he's the reason we can't we couldn't go after stefan gilmore uh he was six million dollars right but right kirk cousins is sitting on a 45 million dollar hit Wow, he's not like five million. Yeah, and wow. he's not like people are like, oh, he's a good quarterback, but not. He's also, I think, the fourth or fifth highest paid. So not even the highest paid. But mm-hmm. the thing is, he doesn't produce as well as these other quarterbacks do. He hasn't won primetime games. He hasn't won playoff games. So I think like it's it's hard to justify that spend when you could get a quarterback for twenty million dollars or get uh pull up Kellamon start start using him a lot cheaper and you put that 45 million towards the defensive players that we might need right now. Our offense is set. Now's the time yeah. to go. We're in the perfect scenario right now for a rookie quarterback, I think, to take over and be able to do well in this offense, learn the offense and then get some young defenders and in 2 years or so be a Super Bowl champion. This year, I think they if they play the way that the potential is, we can win a Super Bowl. But will this they? This year? I th- I think so, but okay. will they? I I don't know, man. They, yeah. Mike Zimmer's being very conservative on his play calls. Uh, Clint Q- Kubiak on offense is terrible play caller. He got I think his dad took the job just uh, last year to. Get oh yeah, a- that's right, that's right, Gary Kubiak. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It's it'll be an interesting year. Um, I don't think we have enough time to review the next uh two games like uh all oh, the games to coming up tonight. Those. Yeah. Well, what I think we'll do is we'll cover the four rookie quarterbacks. And okay. Then yeah, sounds good. And to be fair, um, I think those games are either going to be in market only or NFL Network. So, frankly, you know, not a lot of people are going to be able to watch them. But again, COVID changed those two games, but uh, we'll review those on the next one. So, who you got for these four rookie quarterbacks? What do you got? All right. So, you've got Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. So, Trey Lance is a little hard to compare because he's only had five games. Um, but I think he's only started one game, right? I think you're right. Um, one or two, but one or two. Yeah. So you've got Justin Fields with 18 
1,870 yards, seven touchdowns, 10 picks. But he also rushed for two, so that puts him at nine touchdowns, let's say, right? Sure. Um, Follow that up with uh, Zach Wilson, similar stats to him. Uh, 1,911 yards, six touchdowns, 11 picks. But he's rushed for three touchdowns, so they're tied in the amount of touchdowns that they've gotten. Sure. Um, The one... Obviously, taking, not taking the cake even like this. This is how bad he looks. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> two thousand nine hundred forty-five yards. He has a lot of yards, but nine touchdowns and fourteen picks with two rushing touchdowns. So that puts him at a, one touchdown ahead of Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. But Trevor Lawrence has the better team around him. Not only He's that, got the better running back, good receivers. And he started every one of those games, right? Those Fields and Wilson, they haven't started yep. every game. So you're you're dead on. I that that's a great point. So my my hot take is Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are better starters and probably will do better moving forward. Um, but the last one, this is kind of shocking. Trey Lance pretty much had one start and they lost. Um, but he's got three touchdowns and only one pick with a rushing touchdown. I think if the 49ers were smart, they would just ride Trey Lance here at the end of the season. I, I continue to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win you more than one playoff game, right? You We've seen, I don't know what uh, Jimmy G's exact statistics are right now. What mm-hmm. I And the only way, frankly, I would be willing to compare is with George Kittle and without. And I think Trey Lance, I watched, I think, uh, was it the Saints? that he his one start was in. I can't remember who it was, but it was a good team. I remember watching it and I'm like, man, you know, even though they lost this game, that guy has it, right? I yep. I'd roll with him, right? You're not, realistically, if you're the 49ers, you you're not really thinking, "Hey, we got to stick with Jimmy G because he gives us a chance to win a Super Bowl," right? Yep. I think yep. roll with Trey Lance. And I think, you know, the statistic you just laid out, he's only had one chance one opportunity and he looked, he put up the numbers, man. I, yep. you know, by far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it let him get the experience, let him get his feet yeah. wet. So then rolling into next season, he's got the confidence. Um, that, you know, I've played some games, my right. team's behind me. Yeah. And two, if you look at that, let's say, so they go to him and, you know, make the wild card. Cause I think too, that team, with or without Jimmy Garoppolo, like with Trey Lance, let's say um, maybe Garoppolo's a little bit, gives you more just because of his experience and you can trust him a little bit more. But really that team, you know, it's not going to be that much of a different difference between the two. If anything, you have the opportunity to, to really put up points that you don't have with Jimmy G right now. Um, but, you know, if you if you have Jimmy G as your starter and you go into the wild card and you lose in the first round, you know, that's going to be a disappointing season because you spent a lot of money to get Jimmy G. You gave up a lot of draft picks um, and he didn't deliver when he needed to. Whereas you draft a Trey Lance, right? You draft a quarterback that early, you, you're you going to start him, right? You don't, yep. you're not going to have him and then stick with Jimmy G for, frankly, you'd be foolish to do it more than a year. Um, but throw Trey Lance in there. Worst case scenario, he loses the first round like, Jimmy G likely would too, right? Um, But you feel probably pretty good if you have Trey Lance and you lose because he's going to give you that spark. He's got, in my opinion, I know this 
isn't everything, but when you, you know how you just watch some guys, and you see this with Trevor Lawrence, like, the opposite of a Trevor Lawrence is someone like Trey Lance. He just does things that impress you. Same with Justin Fields, right? To me, those two guys are special, Um, and if I'm uh, Kyle Shanahan, I'd roll with Trey Lance, but... Yep, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just interesting statistic to to put the top four quarterbacks yeah. with each other. I should have probably thrown Davis Mills in there, but yeah, but that's a, I don't know. I, I feel like I can't see that Davis Mills being a long-term guy. I mean, you know, he's, did you know, he's good friends with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Is he really? Yeah. Well. All right. So here, how, how about this? So sure. What'd you say about Trevor or about da- uh, Davis Mills? I, I don't think he's looked that great. Now you're going to rip off some statistics that prove me wrong, aren't you? <laughs> you're ready to be mind blown? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right. The dude's got a 65.6 completion percentage, which is 10% better than any of the other – or sorry, uh, 6% better than any of the next closest rookie quarterback. 1946 yards, which puts him on par with Zach Wilson. Okay. 10 touchdowns and 9 picks. Yeah, but – 10 starts. Yeah, 10 starts, but okay, they I think they've had two of those games were against the Jaguars. Um there's a couple other ones that were against not so great teams. Um I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just feel like when you watch when I watch Davis Mills, I don't see like hey, that guy has something special. I think he can be smart, but um you know, at best he could be a solid game manager and he he probably is i think he's one of those guys that because i just don't i don't see the talent right i don't see that arm talent that you'd want to see just you know from a guy that has a really really bright future but you know there's plenty of guys like the josh mccowns of the world the ryan fitzpatrick's that you know can be serve as great backups and um you know that's kind of what i see for someone like that so stay tuned maybe that's gonna be my hot take next year all right no, it's Kellen Mond, though. If <laughs> Kellen Mond starts, that's my hot take. Well, it'd be nice to see Kellen Mond, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're the, hey, you know what? Let me ask you this before we close out. If you're the Vikings, do you do something crazy like that towards the end of the season and roll with Kellen Mond? I think he plays if come week 18, we can't mm. get into the playoffs. Okay. Kind of, they're going to want to see what he could do okay. type thing. But do they play him with the starting receivers and running backs? Because that could really screw him over on the look you know yeah yeah exactly like if they if they're resting everybody and he's going with basically what's the second team offense i don't know who they end the year with but um yeah i don't know but you make a good point about cousins and and the cap hit i mean look at the uh look at what the chiefs did with mahomes on his rookie deal right and yep um you know because if we lose the next two games i think we're out but yeah, I think I think the Vikings get in. I think if you look at the other teams that they're in the fight with, um, I feel like they just they have the advantage. Um, so they and, they have the um, the the Saints as like a fifty percent chance of making it. Okay, and they have the Vikings as a thirty one percent because they said we have the toughest schedule coming up. So I was just looking up to see who is our schedule. So, so at Lambeau, Green Bay. One yep, that's one and the Bears again. Okay. Which I think, my my thing is Minnesota plays their game. They can I beat. They yeah. They can they, beat. They we've seen it right when they just like, um, you know, you mentioned and then they got putting pressure on Tom Brady when they put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Vikings are yep. uh, Rodgers' kryptonite. So, plus the Rams next week. 
So the Rams is going to be a telling one. Is it at Los Angeles or at Minnesota? At Minnesota. Okay. I to me, you know, the Rams. I don't. I think they're going to have a hard time winning in Minneapolis, right? I think mm-hmm. you very easily see the Vikings win three in a row. The to me, at the least, I think they go two and one. I think they're either going to, if they lose to the Rams, I think they're they're either going to beat the Rams or the Packers here. In my I think, opinion, yeah, I think the Bears is a is a win. Yeah, they're yeah. going to beat them, right? I mean, if if they were going to, if the Bears were going to beat the Vikings, it would would have been last night. At that was Soldier at home, Field. right? Yeah, it was at yeah. Soldier Field on that field, crappy field, the yep. uh, the league's stadium with the well, longest hey, grass. I can't wait to see this Arlington Heights one. Oh, that's right. That's right. The Bears, uh, for those of you who haven't heard the news, the Bears bought the Arlington racetrack, and that seems to be their, it's going to be where their next stadium is, right? I mean, it's, yep. it's pretty much over, right? They're leaving uh, the Lakeshore. Yeah, I, I, they're pretty much divorced. Yeah. Mayor Lightfoot. So uh, there's not, not enough parking. What do you do? Yeah, that's true. That's, it's, I enjoy going to Bears games just because it's very cool because it is on the lake there. Um, the most recent time I went was the double doink against the Eagles, which mm-hmm. being uh, I was like an enemy, you know, in for, or yeah, I was behind enemy lines, if you will. Um, but I didn't have I was pretty much neutral on that one. But, you know, at Soldier Field, for those of you who've been there, you can't park close to the stadium at all. Like all the parking is um Basically, either you got to park on a side street in the south loop there, um, or you park at the parking structure that serves the aquarium, uh, the field museum, and and a couple other things. And you basically have to walk a mile from wherever you park to the stadium. And a really interesting thing is it's easy enough to get in there, like everybody comes at different times. But when everybody's leaving the game, it's like, uh, it's hard to explain, but probably a hundred foot wide walkway. That mm-hmm. eighty thousand people are all walking through at once, and you you can't walk fast at all. You just slowly walk through it, and man, it was just such a somber walk from all these Bears fans. I almost felt yeah. bad for them all, but you know, inside, I, I was just you know. I think I think the crime uh, is a fact too as to why they want to move. That could be. I mean, you know, yeah. But yeah, all right, guys. Well, cool. thank you for tuning in. Next uh, next podcast, we'll have some hot takes, some good things. Um, possibly, maybe uh, we'll start doing like a day of just cards where maybe it's John and I and we bring a guest on every time and we'll, we'll just uh, talk about cards and what's going on. That way, I know some of you guys want to listen to that. Um, and we'll also start bringing on some guests for the sports, covering that stuff too. Perfect. So, exciting stuff. Right on. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Take care, guys. Please like and subscribe.